Our next six table story is Valdez, Pie, and Pie, a sequence of three short tales written and rewritten by James D. Fisher. The readers are Fuzz Barbara as narrator, Jim Fisher as Valdez, Terry Barbara as Bonnie, Latanya Pinkard as Alice, Gary Mitchell as Dean Bartlett. Here is Valdez, Pie, and Pie. Scene one, an international conference. It's a Friday in late January at Six Table Community College, and the new semester is well underway. Bonnie Walls is seated on a hallway bench of the academic building, looking at some papers. She examines a page, scratches out a segment, and begins to scribble in some corrections and additions. She notices Julio Valdez coming toward her and covers the material she's been writing. Young man speaks, addressing Bonnie and the world. So why on earth do these people here call this the spring semester? It's well below the freezing point out there. Well, I guess the assumption is that spring will, you know, spring. Sometime before the semester ends, we can hope. Yeah, that is the student's prime job, one supposes, hope. I'm hoping I can forget last semester. I hope that chemistry is not so difficult as it is advertised to be. Well, I kind of like chemistry. I, I beg your pardon, Miss. It is Waltz, correct? Good. At any rate, I don't intend to speak negatively about your favorite coursework. Okay, Mr. Valdez, correct? Good. Mm. Isn't it a, a little early to be all gloom and doom? Surely you're not drowning yet, I mean, even in chem. And, well, you seem to be comfortable in English and math. It is pleasant to see you in those two of my classes. Well, thanks. I really enjoy Findlay's comp, too, though it scares me a little. You know, the college algebra I haven't decided about yet. Uh, the teacher wants us to call her Alice. Kind of weird. Kind of, yes. Educational informality seems popular here. Do you think she's a good teacher? Well, she better be. I can't graduate without the class. Oh, if you enjoyed chemistry, surely you would love algebra, especially with your, your friend Alice. I think she's all right. Oh, I agree. And, and I'm sure you should not be afraid. I hope you're not afraid of me. Talking to strangers is somewhat frowned upon. Oh, you don't seem all that strange. <laughs> and I do see you in class, what, like six times a week? I'm Bonnie Walls. Oh, I know. It's a, it's a pleasure. I, Senorita, am the famous Julio Valdez. Yes. And what are you famous for? For traveling from far off España, Spain, to sample the wonders of American education at Romantic Six Table Community College. Really? Absolutely. Spain? Absolutely. Wow. You don't... Well, I don't know... Um, you want to tell me I don't sound Spanish. Do you know how Spanish sounds? Well, I, I had Spanish class in high school, and I lived, you know, around a lot of Spanish, well, Mexican, well, I mean Latino, I mean Spanish speakers. Oh, Here? At the school? In Texas. Ah, at the Mexican border. I mean, the Latino border. Look, I, I'm not trying to offend you. I, and I should not offend you. And yes, I, I don't sound Spanish. I try very hard to, to fit in, though things are quite difficult here. Yeah, for me too. 
not as difficult, I'm sure, but different. So I'm not used to being in such a small town. You are an urban person. Fort Worth, Texas. And you, are you from a, a big town? Ah, uh-huh, quite. More than three million. Oh, well, I could probably beat that if you count Dallas. Then, then count it, by all means. But you should not mind is Spain's capital city. Oh, that's uh, Madrid. You are likely the only other person on this campus who knows that. <laughs> well, um, you know, I need to get along. Uh, and and I, I, I need to, how you say, uh, straighten up some matters. My family did not make the proper arrangements for the medical insurance coverage, and I... Well, never mind. Well, are you all right? I mean, your health? Um, not completely. Uh, I apologize. Mm-hmm. I've been overly tired and... Uh, you have a headache? A touch. Mm-hmm. Primarily not rested. It's no, what, uh, big deal. <laughs> I will see you later in the college algebra. And if I may be a bit, well, forward, uh, might we continue our conversation later over some of your weak American coffee? Well, okay. I get, and get a better rest in the meantime. And, Senor Valdez, be sure to see a doctor and do it right away, okay? I had, well, thought I had uh, a problem last semester. And when I finally saw the doctor, it, it was funny. <laughs> Actually, the doctor called it hysterical. That sounds rude. Uh, to me, it was wonderful. Look, just see a doctor, and I'll see you on algebra. Scene two, irrational number. Shortly later, Ms. Donovan, Alice, addresses the college algebra class. Okay, class, wrapping things up. But no, no, don't run off quite yet. Keep those big, fat book bags on the floor where they belong. We have a vocabulary test next time. And yes, it's an algebra class, not English, but the words do matter, which I can tell thrills you. By way of preparation, how about a quick quiz, not written? You're welcome. (laughs) Consider the term irrational number. Any lights lighting up? Flip the switch by next class. An irrational number is a real number that cannot be written as a simple fraction. This is going to be on the test. And worth noting, it's called irrational, not because it's crazy. The term refers to as not being able to be expressed as a ratio of two integers. See? If you can write it as a regular looking fraction, it ain't irrational, okay? She throws in a quick dramatic pause. Examples of irrational numbers. Any thoughts? Well, here's one. The square root of two is an irrational number. Good Lord, did I see someone writing that down? Did I see someone flipping the page to page 43? Page 4, 3 in the textbook? What's another irrational number? You know I'm going to keep asking until we get an answer, right? Alice notices Valdez with his head down on his folded arms. No volunteers? Then we'll draft a soldier. Mr. Valdez, senor, share with us your knowledge of the amazing irrational number. No doubt a carefully considered facet of your wonderful Spanish education. Mr. Valdez, any contribution would be welcome. 
even an honest, I don't know, with advanced matters. Hey, how do you say it in Spanish? The boy does not respond. Class, did you know that schools in Spain are much more rigorous than places like Six Table? It's so... Mr. Valdez told me so, himself. People, it's not polite to chuckle at a classmate. Now, in case any of you lowly Americans might want to be teachers someday, here's a secret from the teacher training school. When a student's not paying attention, like Mr. Valdez, you casually stroll to the student's immediate vicinity and keep on lecturing as I am now. The irrational number most people have heard of but couldn't define if their life depended on it is the number pi. Now, usually future teachers, when you arrive in the near proximity to an in inactive student, it often automatically arouses a tingling of consciousness. Not this time, though. Eh, Mr. Valdez. Any rational thoughts on the irrational number? On these words, the teacher slaps her hand immediately next to his slumbering form. There is no response. She shouts his name. She taps his near shoulder. Nothing. She attempts to push the boy into an upright position. He topples over and slips slow motion to the floor. She goes around the table to his side, crouches, and lifts him to her lap. Oh my God, Valdez! Valdez! Is he breathing? Jesus, people! Someone call an ambulance! 911! Don't just stand there! Don't leave! We can't just... Don't do this! Please! Class! Valdez! I'm sorry. This doesn't make any... I don't understand. It can't... This is awful. Class, don't leave. Valdez, it's Julio, isn't it? She takes his head into her arms. I'm so sorry. Scene 3, the Bonton Cafe. It's the following Monday morning. Dean Bartlett knocks at Alice Donovan's office door, which is closed and locked. He notes the office light is on and knocks again. Hello? You busy? I'm... I'm not sure. Can I come in? I don't think so. Okay, then. I'll talk from here. The thing is... Jesus H. Christ, settle down. Come in. The door opens. The dean enters. Settle down. My message exactly. You have a message for me? Well, yes. I mean, I've heard what happened Friday. I'm sure everyone's heard by now. It's not often I imagine that a teacher kills a student. You didn't kill anyone. Then why the hell he's dead? And why am I not dead? Maybe I am. Maybe I've killed myself too. Or should... I remember a discussion between you and a history teacher last semester. I'm going to quote one of your cogent comments from that incident. Shut up. What? Just that simple. Shut the hell up. I'm terribly sorry if the language offends. Offends? That's the least of my concerns. Mr. Dean, sir. But what gives you room to talk to me like that? I don't know. I thought it was better than the terribly trite movie slap in the face. You find me out of control and needing to be slapped? Alice, I find you damn near the end of your rope. I find you blaming yourself for the unblameable. 
I find you talking about your own death, and I cannot let that go on. I will not allow that at my school. The boy Valdez died. While I chattered on pretending to lecture. It wasn't your fault. I made fun of him. A student, my student, is dead, and I'm making jokes about him. I'm a monster. You're a teacher, a good teacher. The students say great things about you. Not anymore, they won't. Don't sell your students short. I'll never be able to face a student again. I can't face the world. And say what? Sorry, I'm a killer, folks. I'll try not to do it again. Good God, shut up. Quit saying that. You did not kill anyone. Well, Dean, damn Bartlett, how does the all-holy administration explain it? The kid died. I did it. He did, but you didn't. Yes, I hated that the kid died, but no one killed him. Then what did? Congestive heart failure. His ticker didn't tick right. He probably wasn't born with it this severely, but he had shown signs. He tired too easily. His mother said she was somewhat glad that he didn't go into sports because, well, she, she thought he could hurt himself. She thought it was almost a blessing. But why didn't the doctors notice? Why? They didn't have regular doctors, partly because of money. Good God. They were from Madrid and rich. Uh, Miss Donovan, the Valdez family was not upper class, capital city Spanish from Madrid. They were quite regular folk from Arizona. It's where his parents were born. But. Ah, the Baja, yeah, the boy put on a show. He was smart, but he, he felt he needed a little extra image boost. And the heart thing? How do you know about that? Miss Donovan, Alice, <laughs> administrators don't have any magical powers, even evil powers, but I did have the opportunity to talk to the coroner. He said the boy's heart was simply not a very useful organ. Now, did anybody know that? No, no one. No one sent the boy to a heart doctor. They sent him to Six Table because a kid he knew came here to play football and said it wasn't all that bad. I, I don't know what to do. Uh, well, ma'am, I think uh, what you should do, you should take a few days off. And before that, today, in fact, right now, in fact, I think you should have some lemon meringue pie. I don't... Oh, my dear, you're overdue for a visit to the Bon Ton Cafe. Bet you've never heard of that, eh? I confess, no. Now, how long have I been in this town? Well, I remember when a passenger train stopped here at a small but neat railroad station. And across from the station was, well, still is, the Bonton Cafe. In the day, many days past, my grandparents ran the place and served really good pie. Lemon meringue was my very most favorite. Still is. And it's still served there. I still sample the pie on occasion and always praise it highly. Long may it wave. Now, right now, the real reason I came by, we need to repair to the Bonton Cafe. 
I asked permission from my wife and she says the place is safe for an attractive young woman and an ugly old man. Pack up your books and stuff, pack up your cares and woes, and let's go.